how are you bringing your unique combination of thoughts and feelings, emotions to whatever it is that you're doing? If you're a person who's heard the word no from a boss, an ex, a team that cut you, a job market that didn't want you, an accident or diagnosis that left you debilitated and depressed, or felt paralyzed by any setback that you just weren't willing to accept, this is the show for you. Because it'll teach you what my dad always taught me, that failure is just opportunity in disguise. This is Matthew Del Negro, and you're listening to 10,000 No's. Welcome back to 10,000 Knows. I am coming at you live. Well, not live, but I am coming at you from New York City. As you can tell from the title, this episode is about being in the moment, staying in the moment, and also about the pros and cons of both looking back in the past and setting your sights on the future, uh, both of which can be very useful tools, but uh need to be uh, kept in perspective. But before I get into it, I want to uh, send a thanks to someone who sent in an email to the show uh, this past week, and it was very encouraging. And it was about uh, a solo episode that I did a couple of weeks ago. I was kind of under the gun getting ready to leave uh, to come to the East Coast and wasn't sure I was going to get an episode out. And I I did the episode on getting started before your expectations crush you. And a woman uh, wrote in from the San Francisco Bay Area. Apparently, she uh, found the podcast after watching Limerence. For those of you that don't know, it's an independent film that I did that uh, is, she saw it on Amazon Prime. You can see it a bunch of different places. I could put that in the show notes where you can see it, um, stream it, I guess. And then she started searching on Google for more of my work. And she came across the podcast and she happened to get that one that came out that week, which was just get started before your expectations crush you. And she said, I've been asking myself a question every day since May 23rd, 2015. And the answer came to me today framed in the eight word title of your podcast. Um, she also listened to another one after that and took away all these uh, action items related to vulnerability, assumptions, perceptions, connectedness, systemization. And she went on and and I, I responded to her and she basically just said, you know, thank you for doing this. And please, uh, no matter how swamped you feel, please, please keep sharing these because you're inspiring and um and I really appreciate this and, and all of that kind of stuff. And I just, I just, you guys may, you know, I've, I've mentioned this before on the show, but as listeners, you may or may not realize that these, you know, letters or notes or emails or direct messages that you send in to the show are uh, very much appreciated and really let us know, let me know, let, you know, the rest of the team, I've got some interns that work with me that are just awesome. And, um, I want to give a shout out to two of them who recently have really kept this thing on track, Daniel Arisa and Jonathan Ng. Um, Jonathan, really, I didn't think I was going to get a couple of episodes out to you. And he kind of stepped up and did a lot of work that 
helped us not miss any weeks. And um, so I appreciate that. And I appreciate the, uh, you know, the correspondence you guys can send in and let us know that we're kind of um, helping in some way. And uh, we still have uh, interviews in the can. Henry Winkler, uh, Jerry Shea, um, both of those are actors. I'm sure you know who Henry Winkler is. And um, Tyler Mitchell from uh, Imagine Entertainment, a great one that's also in the can. And I have a couple more planned uh, to sit down with people, but uh, giving you some of these solos. And today I I met with my sister in Manhattan and um, I walked from where I'm staying over to the Upper West Side where I used to live. And I lived in the city for 10 years and I moved out of the city in 2005. And so I was walking over there, you just flooded with memories of all these different spots that you've you know, you've seen, you have a relationship to these different locations in the city. And I really, um, kind of sweated out in the city. Uh, I was, my first place was not too far from where I'm staying right now. Um, I ended up going by the front doors of all of the three apartments that I lived in during my 10 years in the city. And, um, you know, between doing that and, taking, you know, pictures in front of them, which I'm sure I'll put into the videos that we do these promo videos for this episode at some point, hopefully you'll have seen that by now, but just walking over there and seeing the, the city, what has stayed almost exactly the same. And then also what has changed. And one of the things I noticed was just, you know, I was on the, the, block or two away from my last apartment that I lived in. And there was a couple coming toward me and they were both down, you know, faces buried in their phones. And like, I had to step aside to let them walk. And I just thought that's different. I mean, 2005, that's pre iPhone. So yeah, we had phones, but it wasn't, it was different. You know, that was something that was different. It wasn't like you had a computer in your pocket. Um, I think I got my first iPhone in 2007. That, and that kind of bummed me out to see people buried. And I, I myself find myself looking down uh, at times when I should be looking up. But I noticed that. And then I started to notice it with a lot of people all around. And, uh, and yet, a lot of the top- the topography was the same, you know, new restaurants, new stores were where old ones used to be. Um, but it made me think about something that I've been hearing lately uh, and other podcasts and some things that I've been reading where people are saying, you know, don't look, don't dwell on the losses. You know, you need to put you know, get yourself in a positive mindset and, and, you know, look forward. And I have one of my friend's fathers used to say, uh, you know, looking back is for losers and, you know, don't live in the past. And I agree with that in general, that if you're living in the past, if it's like glory days, you're looking back, or if you're beating yourself up in the past, that's not good. But there is something to be said for going back to where you were at a certain point in your life and examining it in in an objective way and noting where you were, 
what you were thinking about back then, what you were striving for, you know, what are the things you've accomplished since then? What are the things that you haven't accomplished since then? And just kind of taking stock. And, you know, I have this show, 10,000 No's, and sometimes uh, I hope that it doesn't get misconstrued that I'm saying, you know, we should be putting, and sometimes I worry about this, is it, is it focusing too much on the nose? My intention is, is not that. My intention is to look back at how people have overcome the nose, how people have had what they thought, you know, at one point was a no, and then they turned it into a yes, or, you know, in some way they've learned from this failure. I hope that's what you are getting from it. But um, I, I think there's the opposite of that is to have something kind of spiked out in the future that you are working toward. And as I've, uh, mentioned before, I have the book Wiley and Sons is publishing this book that's going to be titled 10,000 No's as well. Just got the date. It'll it'll be out and available for sale June 23rd. So that's exciting. But one of the things that was um, very, it kind of struck me or was interesting to me was I got on the first uh, sales call with the marketing department, publicity department at Wiley. And I have um, a PR person that I'm bringing on that was on the call as well. And what I thought was interesting was, all of a the sudden, they gave us this date, June 23rd, 2021, or sorry, 2020, this summer. And from there, everything works backwards. So you know that's the day this book is coming out. And f- once you know that, you reverse engineer it to see when you need to hit all of the other deadlines. Now, Obviously, I've had that situation in other areas of my life. If you're working on a show, you know when you're shooting or you know when it's going to come out. But something about the specificity of this call and, you know, they they were saying like, you know, the books will be ready in the warehouse on, I think it was like June 9th or June 8th. And then they will be in stores and ready to go on June 23rd. It was so uh, definite, so finite that it was, um, it even changed the timeline with the publicist that I'm bringing on because I was going to wait. And then after that call, I said, Hey, uh, do you think we should start a little sooner than we thought? Because, and she said, yes. And, and I realized how many of you, how am I, you know, how much are we doing this with our own life and our own goals, you know? And that's what we talk about with visualization, that's why people, when, when talking about visualization, it's be as crystal clear as you can, because if you make it a reality for you uh, up ahead in the distance, you then start to reverse engineer it and you can work toward that. So the more clear you make that goal or that whatever it is that you want to accomplish in the future, the easier you're going to be able to buy into uh, working toward that goal. Cause you see it just as a definitive thing that is happening. And there's, there's no question about it. You need to get these things done by X amount of time, which is really the way the book was, was written because I was, I've never written a book, but they go, you need to turn it in by this date. You need to do this. You, you know, you have to get it done. 
if, if you want to get paid, you have to get it done. If you want to get it out, you have to get it done. So um, looking forward, but also bolstering yourself up when you look in the past, how, how can you look to what you did in the past and say, this is where I was. This is what I did right. This is what I did wrong. Um, this is what I did right, but it still didn't work out for whatever reason. This is what I did wrong. And somehow it still went my way, even though I really could have done it so much better. Um, I think taking stock is important, but either of these techniques where, where you go wrong, in my opinion, is if you let the past or the future trump the present moment. And I started thinking about examples of that. I thought, okay, you know, you say you want to look toward the future. And I have criticized myself with this show saying, oh, I didn't launch it in a way where I had, you know, 20 episodes or 10 episodes in the can before launching and did a big launch. I just kind of started it and followed a string of inspiration. For me, with this particular project, that's what needed to happen. I didn't know where it was going. And I think the spontaneity of it allowed it to grow organically. And that was a good thing. And then I thought about acting. And my feeling with acting is, you know, you need to do all of the prep work. I mean, I'm just looking at the the couch where I'm sitting right now. I brought a bunch of books today. I brought a bunch of books from uh, from California that all have to do with the role I'm working on and the world of the show. I have, uh, I've been going to movies. I've been watching shows. I've been watching season one. Sorry about that. been watching season one of the show that I'm working on and just kind of, you know, getting more about the world of the show. Um, but all of this prep work means absolutely nothing if when they call action to when they call cut, I'm not in the moment. I'm not listening. And that's really the, the thing that, that, that takes precedent over everything is how much can you be in the moment, whether you're using, you know, looking back as a way to kind of assess where you are, looking forward to kind of plan for where you need to be. But what are you doing in the moment and it goes for anything you're doing, whether it's business, whether it's parenting, whether it's in a relationship, whether it's, you know, acting. And I have this book here. Uh, I've mentioned it on this show before, How to Stop Acting by Harold Guskin. And he's, you know, the, the, the commentary on the back is Christopher Reeve and James Gandolfini, Glenn Close, Peter Fonda, all talking about him and what an amazing teacher um, he is. I actually believe that he uh, passed away recently. Um, but I wanted to read an excerpt from that, that, you know, this is about acting, but I think it, it relates to whatever it is that you do. Um, he's talking about how he was training and the Stanislavski, uh, Konstantin Stanislavski is the guy who originated, originated the, the method, uh, what's now known as the method. And he said, it all made sense. And at first, my work impressed directors and audiences. I was active, energized, effective. But after a while, I found that when I was on stage, both in rehearsal and in performance, I wasn't as free as I knew I needed to be. 
I was not available in a fluid way to my feelings, to my imagination, to my instinct. I was not in the moment. And that was because I felt constrained by the techniques that were supposed to fill the scene with feeling. I was so diligently trying to, quote, play my objective, end of quote, that I was not free to do anything else on stage. I was not in a genuine state of exploration. So my acting was not surprising to me or to the audience. I was too neat, too logical. My characters lacked the amazing variety of life. And that's it. That's the point of all of this, really. Whatever techniques you're using, whatever, you know, some coach or some guru or or me for that matter on this show, maybe you listen to the show and you like it and you think what I have to say is helpful to you. Throw it out if it doesn't work for you. Try it on, see if it fits. Not everything, you know, <laughs> that that's one of the recurring conversations today with my sister was about you know there are so many uh, there there there's so much noise these days coming at us in in the form of you know with podcasts and shows and interviews and and you know self help and all of this stuff and and in some way i'm you know a a part of that with 10,000 nos um as well but but it's like if it helps you great you know take it on if it if it helps you stay in the moment and be better at what it is that you're passionate about that's great if it starts to turn into these rules that you're following because somebody else told you to do them maybe that's a sign that it's not really right for you or it's not right for you right now or maybe it works for you for a little bit and then you go through a different phase and you tweak it I guess what I'm suggesting is take advice in from mentors and teachers, but you need to make it your own. You know, I think that's what Harold Guskin, his book is really talking about is as an actor in that particular case, how do you make the material your own? It's getting filtered through you. You are a very specific person. You're unique. No one else is exactly like you. So how you interpret it is what the character will end up being. Not how Brando interpreted it, not how Pacino interpreted it, how you interpreted it. So you don't need to be an actor. Whatever it is that you do, how are you bringing your unique combination of thoughts and feelings, emotions to whatever it is that you're doing. And whether that's looking back, looking forward, those are techniques. Keep them in their place. And and remember, underneath it all is the intention. Why are you doing what you're doing? What do you want to get? And then be open to different ways of getting there. That is it. I feel like I've possibly given you uh, all different kinds of confusing signals here, um, but I, I really, I really do feel that it's uh, it's not just a one size fits all. Um, we're going to be back next week with Jerry Shea. If you saw City on a Hill first season, he played Hank Signa, uh, really great guy, also a Boston College graduate like myself, and um, he's got a great story of. Uh, being in the business, getting out of the business to uh, take care of family, and then uh, the business finding him. 
about 25 years later. Uh, really cool story. Really great guy. Uh, that is it. You know where to follow me. It'll be in the show notes. Uh, if you want to uh, rate and review 10,000 No's on iTunes, we really appreciate it. Tell your friends about it, and we will see you next week. <laughs>